Welcome to Ethics in the Naval Warrior. I'm your host, Michael Sears. My guest is a retired Air Force colonel who piloted over 4,000 hours in C-130s and served as a strategic planner in the Pentagon. He is the Stockdale Center's Director of Strategy and Research. Welcome, Dr. Ed Barrett. Thank you, Michael. Hey, Ed, it's great to have you here. We're talking about a subject that not a lot of people really know about. It's called moral injury. Can you tell us exactly what moral injury is? Okay. There are a lot of different theories, actually, about what it is. Um, just backing up, though, um, what it is not is PTSD. Um, the PTSD, as, as most people know, is associated with symptoms such as flashbacks, uh, avoidance, hypervigilance, and all. And uh, what happened over time is that military clinicians and chaplains increasingly encountered cases that it deviated from the PTSD criteria. Um, so they started looking into um, exactly what the, this phenomenon was. And, uh, and th these cases possessed moral attributes uh, like um, wrongdoing and guilt, and, and they required different treatment methods. So eventually, um, in 1994, Jonathan Shea, a psychologist, wrote this classic seminal book called Achilles in Vietnam, and he coined this term moral injury, and he really generated the discussion about the, these, this non-PTSD phenomenon. That's the genesis of the conversation about moral injury. Now, does moral injury manifest itself in a similar way as PTSD? You know, what, what are the issues in terms of moral injury? Yeah, well, that, that depends on what, how you define, back to your original question, um, moral injury. Um, so, so many argue that you can have both PTSD and moral injury, and actually then the symptoms are, are different. Um, you, you're you're going to have flashbacks if you have PTSD. Um, moral injury is not going to be associated with flashbacks. It's going to be associated with, with other uh, symptoms. Uh, and then, you know, as far as uh, those symptoms go, there's just a lot of... Uh, controversy ultimately about uh, what they are. Um, most, some focus on um, lost trust. So moral injury is, is, is lost trust, uh, as a sense of betrayal, and then a subsequent loss of trust, uh, and trust in, in even God, um, and, uh, and trust in, in human beings too. Um, some focus on guilt as the, uh, the problem and the, the symptom of moral injury, and uh, and then others, and this is this is, I fall into this camp would would focus more on the uh, the loss of virtue and therefore character injury. So uh, the way I, I see the typologies uh, um, in the conversation, there are three different uh, theories: uh, moral injury is lost trust, is guilt, and, and loss of virtue. What generated this concern? Is there something that kind of is striking out there that kind of catapulted moral injury into the forefront of our talks? Um, well, just a recognition that, that people were coming back from combat with uh, symptoms that, that didn't fit the PTSD criteria, um, but that were causing them um, problems and, and um, hampering their, their flourishing as human beings. Uh, so that was ultimately just a, a recognition of uh, of, of problems associated with warfare and, uh, and associated with life, really. This, this is not that new, but, but its focus is, is, a, is an effect of, of combat. So, it, it, this is, so it's obviously moral injury is, is a very old uh, phenomenon, but uh, there's just been much more interest in it as an effect of combat recently. Ed, that's very interesting. Can you dive a little deeper into 
those three theories of moral injury? Sure, exactly. And and ultimately, I think that only one of the three is moral injury proper, um, although the other two are injuries and and important injuries to be treated. Um, The first one is um, what I would call moral injury is lost trust. And and Jonathan Shea's work um, really focused on on this um, as moral injury. And I, I think ultimately he was he was wrong in defining it this way. Um, he defines it as, as uh, um, caused by wrongdoing by authority figures in high stakes situations. And the injury is to the recipient uh, and or the witness of the act. And the, the, um, the recipient experiences this as, as a betrayal and ultimately um, as um, a limitation to their capacity to trust authority figures or even persons generally. So that's, that's, the, um, that's one of the um, definitions of moral injury, which I don't really think um, goes to the heart of the, of the problem or the phenomenon. The other focuses on guilt. So in this theory, um, the wrongdoer um, is, is beset with guilt, and this is debilitating, and, um, and that's what needs to be treated, and that's what's called moral injury. And I don't think this necessarily uh, captures moral injury either. It's a psychological injury. If somebody um, is feeling guilt to the point where it's interfering with their their flourishing, then um, that is uh, something that needs to be treated perhaps cognitively, um, but but it's not a moral injury per se. And then the third is uh, ultimately is lost virtue. Uh, and combat is especially... Uh, conducive to losing uh, the virtues, uh, especially the virtue of justice. You have really high levels of fatigue and and fear and anger uh, that can undermine uh, one's good judgment and will. And then soldiers are operating in in a relatively weak legal environment and therefore don't have uh, those deterrents uh, in weak moments, which could then become bad habits. Okay, so those are the reasons why uh, the loss of virtue is especially prevalent in, in warfare. Um, and uh, so ultimately then there, I think, are two forms of character harm that need to be distinguished. Uh, on the one hand, one, and this is using Aristotle's uh, categories of thinking, is incontinence. Okay, so one is not disposed when, when one is incontinent um, to be, say, just anymore. One has a hard time acting justly, but because uh, you appreciate the worth of others, you still feel remorse for acting unjustly. And so this is this is a, a better case of, of lost virtue. You're not behaving virtuously, but but you feel guilty for for doing so. Um, but then the worst kind of, uh, of of moral injury would be um, a situation where one is fully using the Aristotelian category is fully vicious. Uh, completely unjust, uh, as it doesn't have a disposition uh, to behave justly anymore, um, and doesn't feel any remorse, is completely callous toward the value of human life. And uh, the, the problem, well, the beauty of defining things this way is that um, these kinds of cases are going to be completely missed if you're focused on um, guilt as the problem to be fixed. You're not going to see that the disposition um, of somebody who's feeling guilty has been changed and their character needs to be reformed. Um, and then you're going to completely miss cases where there's no remorse, but the person has, has become completely vicious. How do you treat it, Ed? 
that is um, where the discussion is right now. Um, David Lubanet wrote actually a very interesting piece uh, for an edited volume that I'm going to publish soon, and he gave it as a McCain conference presentation. And ultimately, I think what you need to do is um, look at um, Aristotle again and virtue ethics um, and kind of redo uh, the moral formation process. So I would say ultimately the first task is cognitive. Uh, with somebody who's completely vicious, you have to recover their sensitivity to the value of human life so that they're uh, capable of feeling remorse again. And then in, in, in once you get a person to that point or are dealing with a, a person who's incontinent, the next ta task is to rehabituate them. You have to reform their desires through right action to produce the good habits again. So um, it is ultimately a moral formation task to treat people who are um, morally injured. And some people call this moral repair. Um, and so that's the, those are the first two steps. The third step, I would say then it has to do with treating the remorse that remains. So somebody is still going to rightly feel deeply guilty for having done uh, unjust acts. And uh, this is what David Luban's piece was getting into. He, he was using the, uh, the Jewish philosopher Maimonides to talk about uh, the process uh, of atonement, ultimately uh, confessing, um, resolving not to repeat the offense, apologizing to victims, even making reparations, compensating victims. Uh, which then ultimately restores the relationship uh, between people, but then also allows one to forgive oneself and, and deal with that, that remorse. So I would call it a three-step process uh, for someone who's fully vicious. A cognitive is the first one, and then rehabituation, and then dealing with remorse through atonement. Ed, thank you very much for this uh, primer on uh, moral injury. It's clearly an area that is still in development and research. So uh, we'll look forward to hearing more uh, about this area. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you, Michael. You've been listening to Ethics in the Naval Warrior, produced by the Boeing Leadership Innovation Lab at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. You can find more of our podcasts by visiting the Radio Stockdale page at usna.edu.